Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the latest Irish Illustrated Insider, Pete Sampson, Tim Priest, or Tim O'Malley. Uh, we saw two full hours, basically, of practice on Saturday. I thought it was probably the most enlightening of the open practices that we've seen. And it was, I, th- I believe, for us, it was the fourth two-hour block that we've seen. We've got the spring game coming up this Saturday at 1230 in Notre Dame Stadium. But I, it was the first time for me that I came away thinking... Brandon Wimbush has a chance, not that it will happen, but has a chance to be the quarterback we all thought he was going to be a year ago. I agree. I mean, I don't think it'd be difficult to to disagree with that. He made some throws, some touch throws that when when they were released, it's like, oh, that's not good. And it clears a linebacker and just falls right into the hands. He threw a couple, you know, raindrop deep balls that were absolutely perfect. Uh, and the other, in, in in accordance with what you're saying, Pete, about being such an enlightening practice, Avery Davis, who, who we hadn't heard anything, or we hadn't seen anything, we'd heard good things, and hadn't seen anything, and he obviously was good too. So, I mean, from certainly from, I don't know who else might have stood out that we hadn't seen like that before, but certainly those those two on offense. I thought recently, it was recently in last week, I kind of sarcastically said to Pete walking out, can you be a good football team with no quarterbacks? And that is not what it looked like this week. Brandon Wimbush had a, he did a, had a really good day, and he's not even allowed to run in these things. That's He made a play, and I think the three of us all watched it together, where he released right, and he kind of played, I think it was Asmar Bilal, but I'm not sure. He played the linebacker. He and Alizé Mack played a two-on-one game, and it was just absolutely perfect. When Bilal broke, It looked like threw, a, yeah. a quarterback playing, not an athlete playing. Qu- he quarterback instincts. It was. It was It was yeah. something we didn't see in games last year. I, I'm writing about it this morning. He was better this spring than he was last spring or last August when we all thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, the one that, the throw that really grabbed me was the one to Fink, um, where he had some traffic in his face, and he, he threw, and this is something we talked about in the last pod- podcast all last year, it's like, he was unable to throw to spots. He had to see man right. to throw to man. And that throw, I was like, who is that going to? It was, it was just like, it was lofted into a space where he knew Fink was going to run into. And that's that's just not something That's what I'm did. talking about. When it was released, it's like, oh, that's going to get picked. Or where's that going? And yeah. all of a sudden, a receiver showed up in that spot. And it's enlightening. It's an, it's an awakening, hopefully. Uh, we saw some good things last August, but but the kind of stuff that we're talking about yeah. here, um, throwing to a space, and I think that's a good point that he he didn't do that. And I think last year we sort of subconsciously gave him the benefit of the doubt. He was new. Okay, this is automatically going to get better. Um, you know, you could see all the potential here. We weren't really nitpicking everything the way that we do now with him because we have. We don't give him the benefit of the doubt now. No, at all. Um, you know, we have a whole season to go over and see some of the things that went well and just were. He interviewed. He interviewed well. There's a, you know, I mean, when you talk to a kid and he shows great intelligence, it's 
it's like, okay, well, yeah. this guy's got it all. He must have football instincts. He's smart. Yeah. That's really the way it works. I misspoke. No. Uh, he was much better Saturday than he was last August. I said this spring. That would not be, as Brian Kelly said, that was not a capsule of the spring. That was by far his best effort, which is fine. It's one of his last efforts of the spring, too. Yeah, It's showing progress. Right. And it's the number one thing you need to see. Because, as Pete Sampson's fond of saying on other topics, what are we doing here if they don't have a better quarterback, right? <laughs> it's yes. like, that's what the coaching is for. <laughs> Um, I think other things that impressed me, I, I like where the offensive line was going. I, I felt like that was going to get sorted out correctly one way or the other. Like they had six or seven candidates and it was, a, it was a question of making the best decision opposed to whether you're going to make a right or a wrong decision. Um, I do think at defensive end, there was a moment where Khalid Kareem limped off, uh, in 11 on, it was nothing serious, but at that point you're like, this guy is way more important than I think people realize. And then... I, the safety position, I am cautiously optimistic would be too out there. I'm like cautiously, cautiously optimistic there. But I do think I'm seeing individual improvements from guys. Will it all fit together in a, in a functioning secondary in a, in a better way this fall? I don't know. But I see guys that tackle better in a way that when we were at Culver last year was a disaster. Um, I just, I don't see problems at the back end as much as I maybe thought that I would when spring started. Unless it's unless it's a handful of those a couple of those safeties in those one on one drills. Stud still repeatedly, you know, Dante Vaughn repeatedly misses tackles. But yeah. that's a tough drill. But getting back to your point, Pete, about that's the offensive that's a, offense, that's a, that's drill, a really, really, really tough is. drill for the defense. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But like that. at Culver, those safeties couldn't tackle each other. They did that. They did a similar thing in Culver, and like they were beating themselves. Right? You, know, you know, they couldn't in Miami or Palo Alto, right? And that was <laughs> a, yeah, they, they carried over. And that was the first time we saw Gilman. And we said, "Wow, Gilman doesn't look that good." And we we still really haven't seen uh, what we're hoping to see there. But I want to get back to the offensive line because I interviewed among the interviews we did the other day. I interviewed Liam Eichenberg, and he's at left tackle where he says he's more comfortable because that's the position that he's mainly played. I found it int- interesting, and I thought of something that you've said in the past, Pete, that, you know, everybody loves Harry Heastan. Well, now, those that play for him and then went on to the NFL loved Harry Heastan. I'm not saying Eichenberg spoke poorly about him. He just spoke highly of Jeff Quinn, mm-hmm. like, like this is a guy that I can relate to um, without actually putting anybody down. And I don't know if that's what was intended, but um, that's a good sign. He, you know, the, the main thing with him, I thought it was interesting, he said, you know, I really did a lousy job of going up and going to uh, up to Coach Heastan's office and looking at film. I just didn't, I didn't do it much. Now I'm doing it with, with Coach Quinn. So I mean, it was an honest moment of saying, you know, maybe maybe a lot of it had to maybe I, my lack of confidence and lack of offensive knowledge had something to do with the fact that I didn't look at enough film. But he's doing that now. Uh, he's much more confident. What happens with an offensive lineman when you gain confidence? Now you can make aggressive mistakes and that's better than passive mistakes yeah. right um having said all that i'm not saying that he's the answer and that's why i like the move of lug to left tackle because <laughs> he's a guy that they really like he's next in line you might as well have him competing with the guy that hasn't established himself in game competition it's hard to ask a young offensive lineman about their teammates it's not like when mcglinchy's there he can talk about everybody frankly but tommy kramer echoed what you said He's just so much more confident. He is yeah. playing like you saw him. Well, Long said it. Kelly film. said yeah. it. Eichenberg said it. Just for, I'm sure for, Jeff Quinn would for say For a guy it. like Kramer to say it, he used to compete with him. Like he, 
he spoke openly about right. it. It was an, it, right. you don't see that very often. It's just there's. I talked to Jack about this, by the way, as an aside. It seems like every offensive lineman in Notre Dame, and this is not the case, is small now because they're not Mike McGlinchey. Every time I look at him, I'm like, oh Brent man, Nelson, he's just nowhere yeah. near as big as Mike McGlinchey is. Well, nobody is as big yeah, as Mike yeah. McGlinchey. So every time I see that guy, I just think he's well, the biggest person in the world. Well, they do have a six, eight and a half <laughs> tackle recruit. They're not small. In a These guys are not small. Yeah. It's just for two years of Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson coming out and talking to us. It's like, no, you're you're right. The only guy Rulin is the one that kind of stands out a little bit. Is okay. He's not as as big as some of these other guys. But I love the, you know, you got man, you get. Kramer and Bars at guard. Those are those are some hosses now. Bars, uh, I was watching the defense. That's why I find this relevant in this all practice in the scrimmage. And Bars had a really good scrimmage. And you and I, and I think all three of us have been like, yeah, he's good. When's the you want more? Than when's the more gonna show up? And I was watching specifically watching Tillery and the other inside guys. Do Treadway was playing because Bonner doesn't scrimmage. And I just kept noticing Alex Bars, and yeah. I, that's something we've been waiting. Well, for. Chip Long said he's had you know the best spring, I, I, which I was a little surprised because I thought you might say Mustafer, uh, but you know we don't see all the snaps, and Mustafer is going to be just fine. He's in great shape. Yeah, but I, I agree with the pulling aspect of it. That was that that part of they when they're pulling Nelson and uh, Bars last year, pulling Kramer and Bars this year. It's still really good. I mean, those are still two six foot five and up athletes who are three hundred pounds yeah. and can, are light on their feet. And that, and and getting back to Eichenberg, that's another reason why he likes, likes the left tackle because they put the left tackle on the move a little bit more, and mm-hmm. he feels like you know he, he credited Matt Bayless as well. He's just a you know when he goes out on the field, he's just a lot more confident kid in what he's doing. We should remember when we watch uh, games and grade the games this year that they don't have to have a mutant at guard to be a good offensive right. It's, it's okay. It's, <laughs> but it helps. Why does it help? Half man, half, half, man, half mountain. That's how you win. Have to be I mean, there. that's how you win the Joe Moore Award. You, you know. got to have you got to have a mutant, True. right? I, I found it refreshing that Brian Kelly admitted what is obvious that. I'm not going to sit here and say our run game is going to be better this year than yeah, last year without yeah. Glitchy and Nelson. Because coaches are always like, well, we're going to, you know, we have depth from within. We have more guys who are going to, like, okay, that's fine. But Nelson, you're still not, you're not going to average 270 yeah. yards rushing a game. That's once, a, that's once in a generation <laughs> at a place that has a lot of really, really good offense. Well, yeah, and you had, you had an established running back in Josh Adams, yeah. and you don't have an established running back now. I actually am, this is too early to say it. I'm, I think the word pedestrian might come up with Notre Dame's running backs this year. It could. I I do not have. Lee, I don't have faith in one of them following through on his yeah, potential. Yeah, and, and Tony you know, Jones and, and the other Jones one, Tony solid. Jones is. If Jones can can, last year when he was making guys miss, he was getting a lot more yards than just one or two. He still makes guys miss. Off, yeah, off I, I want to see it. I want to see a completely healthy yeah. and a and a very confident. You know, Tony Jones is kind of a shy. Kid a little bit. I, don't know, I agree. At least he could have us. a very good year, and I might be wrong. I, yeah. just, I don't look at him and think. But I think a healthy. Yeah, he's more elusive though than I think we give him credit for. If he's healthy and confident, I think he can be a pretty good back. But I, I hear what you're saying. I, you know, I mean, we don't know. We don't know anything about Jafar Armstrong or what Jameer Smith are capable of providing, and so it's, it's up to those two. And Dexter Williams has to stay healthy and know what he's doing, and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, but I, O'Malley, I agree with you. I think the running back position is sort of open and probably will stay that way through the, the end of November. Uh, it's not going to be a year where I think they have a 
a clear number one as much as I think Dexter Williams has all the yeah, he has talent the certain to be ability. a clear number yeah. one. That's why we said on Saturday, Tony Jones was running mainly with the ones that probably doesn't mean anything because it's they're both they both have to be the number one running yeah. back. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think of other the wide receiver position. I I don't think much has changed for me over the course of the spring. Uh, I disagreed with what Brian Kelly said initially that you know Boykin was way ahead of Chris. Yeah. Like I think Chip Long would disagree too based yeah. on his reaction. But they need <laughs> a practice. You need three starting receivers. And I think they have three good starting receivers. And I, I wrote this on Sunday. I I think that Notre Dame's starting receivers will be clearly better than the receivers that Notre Dame started last season with. I wrote this on Monday. I think okay. they, I think their seven <laughs> receivers are going to be better than the players that played last year. If you throw them all out there, if you put mm-hmm. if you figure Fink is a backup and then contributing backup because of a better quarterback, Kevin Austin as a talent, Lindsay as a deep threat. I've liked what I, I said Saturday in our instant analysis. I've liked what Javon McKinley has done. I thought I, I thought he did some good things Saturday. It's not the first time I've seen that. He's had a good spring. He ended practice with a with a terrible drop. Yeah, yeah. Really I think it was a yeah. alligator arm drop too, if I recall. But uh, those are some of the worst kinds. They are the worst kind. But he had a uh, he's had a good spring though. I, I've continually noticed him in one on one, and I mean, just going back to mid March now, it's been been going on forever. Spring, I mean, he beat Julian Love deep in eleven eleven on a post. That's not something. He, I didn't even know he was on the team at times. Javon McKinley in the past years, you yeah. know, just you forget him. He, he was yeah. he didn't stand out ever at all. In fairness, you didn't see as much from McKinley? Uh, I think he's had some good practices. Uh, I thought last Saturday, just the drop at the end yeah. was a killer. Like, you can't drop a touchdown that on the last play. For, for the yeah. offense to be, like, win the scrimmage. Yeah. Everybody's you, we'll be cheering for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, spring practice has been going on for a long time. So long it was snowing when it started. Still is? Yeah, still is. It's right now, as a matter of fact. For right. those coming into town this weekend. <laughs> That's it for segment one, Irish Illustrated Insider. We've got a bunch of questions up and down the roster next. Segment two, burning up the boards. First question from Statman72. The observation of Drew Tranquil's impact is less obvious at Buck, and the move of Jen Mark Heath could raise concerns about the linebackers as a group, is it possible the linebacker performance will rank behind cornerbacks, D-line, and safeties in 2018? Um, no, it's not possible. But I do think concerns about the linebacker group overall are fair, and we've had them since last season ended. Uh, they, it's just not a deep group, and it's why Coney and Tranquil coming back were basically non-negotiable for Notre Dame being good on defense this year because they, they don't have guys to throw out there. If you... I mean, th- think about what we'd be watching if Coney and Tranquil left. We'd be watching starters Jonathan Jones and DJ Morgan, or is it Jordan? Maybe Jim Markeith would have moved up to that spot. I don't. I don't or maybe know. Maybe they wouldn't have but moved. But it's not. It's not good. Yeah, maybe they wouldn't have moved Jameer Jones. and I mean, left would, him in there. Would Asmar Bilal be starting and Isaiah Robertson is at the starting rover? I mean, these are not good situations. No, it's the depth is the issue. Um, but Coney's the best player on the team, and Tranquil's one of the ten best players on the team, one of the five or six best if he's playing Rover. I would think it was one of that was probably my observation. It's just he's not as noticeable a buck as he he made he was awesome in the spring last year. That's part of this. Drew Tranquil at Rover last year, we just kept looking at each other like, holy cow, this yeah. guy is born to play this spot. I don't think he's born to play Buck. They need him to play Buck. He needs to play Buck for this future. Mm-hmm. He's a good teammate, or a great teammate. Um, but he was awesome at Rover last year. I mean, he was a he was a great guy to watch play football last year. He had the instincts for it, and I think he'll look better. 
yeah, real I games I don't than he does it. now. I, I don't, mean, I'm not saying he's underperforming. It's just he was he made the rover position last year. I, I, I wouldn't read anything into what we've seen no, to indicate that Tranquil's not... Rover is worse, though, than it was last year. Because he was really well, sure. good at it. Yeah, 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 definitely. But, I mean, I, I love the I love that inside tandem. And Coney and Tranquil, uh, you know, I think they're going to be... Coney will probably have the most tackles because, you, as you said, he's a, he's the best player, best certainly best linebacker. But um, I, I think they're going to be fine. I mean, you're right, Pete, though. They have to stay healthy. They don't, they're not going to go very deep there. I think Jonathan Jones can play. I think he's a legitimate player. Good backup if he's the backup all year long. Yeah. Right? Would you agree with that though? That Yeah, I would. He's just, you know, he doesn't have ideal stature, but you know, there there are other other guys playing in the NFL that don't have ideal stature that can be effective. Oh Mal, you said Rover would be worse than it was last year, but I would argue Buck and Mike will be better. Maybe by a lot. I mean you think about where Notre Dame Mike will be better because Coney's there instead of Yeah. Well even if it was Coney versus Coney, like Coney at the start of last year or at spring was, was oh, terrible. Yeah, I see right. what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Morgan, Morgan never really delivered. Uh, Mar- yeah, Martin Mar- was, was inconsistent. Yeah, but I took you wrong. I was thinking Tranquil this year won't be better than Coney was last year, but I know what you're saying. The, yeah. the two positions together. I think now. you started yeah. Morgan and um, Martini versus Coney and Tranquil. I agree with you. That's, yeah. a, that's a big blowout for so, 18 over 17. So fortunately... You know they've got a they've got a nice freshman class of linebackers. I I would say at this point led by Bauer and Simon. Probably yeah, I think. I'd be um, I mean, you know, I just think Lamb, Lamb just, needs. Yeah, La- year, yeah. Right? I mean, Lamb's just is not physically yeah. ready, and I, a Gufo, I, I he needs I, time too. Yeah, I don't. I, you know, I I never pictured him actually as being a starter in Notre Dame per se. Um, but he certainly so, needs. But you right, and, and so my, Jim Markeith. I mean that's a good move. You got you have to you better prepare some people, and he's a physical savvy kid who can add weight easily. Oddly, the the move I like the move for Jen Markeith because we all like him better near scrimmage, right? But yes. I had Jen Markeith in January as Rover right. with Bilal staying as a backup buck. Yeah. It's intriguing that they that they aren't going with that. Not staying as a backup buck, moving to a backup buck role. I, I really thought Jen Markeith might be the starting rover. He will not be now because he didn't have enough time to get into that yeah. anywhere near that. Well, but Simon I, maybe. We now they're getting him close to the. I just like it that he's closer to. Boy, it's asking a lot for Simon to win that job in, in August. You know. Yeah, I mean, Usu Kormoa has not really been around a whole lot this spring. Looked good on Saturday yeah. in, a, in a brief glimpse. You know, is there is there any reason why they couldn't then say like, oh, actually, we're going to try you a rover for Jim Markey? No, 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 you're right. So then, right. The, so. Get him up there. I mean, going back to the original question about Statman seventy two. I mean, I I get his point. I see what he's saying. I don't. I don't think the linebackers will be worse than the safeties or less effective than the safeties. I, yeah, I can see the safeties certainly improving. If if you deleted Tranquil and or Coney, then I would say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're assuming these guys are going to stay yeah. healthy. Yeah. A M M one hundred one. Offense, everything so far points to Brandon being QB1, assuming he is the starter for the entire season, a big if. Over under 20 passing touchdowns and over under 15 rushing touchdowns. And the money question, over under 55% this completion is... percentage. O'Malley Wheelhouse question. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think you wrote it to me. It was You're taking nice the words right out of my mouth. Uh, if he's a starter all year, or most of the year, over 20 passing touchdowns. Yeah. 16, 15, 16 last year. He had 16, 16, I believe. You, I mean, he'll be over that if he just improves a little bit. Uh, the key, I'm going to skip the... It'll be under 15 rushing, I think, because that's a 
That's a big number. 14 he, last year. That's, that's a big number. He, he no destroyed the program record by getting 14 last year, so he probably wouldn't get to that. I mean, if it was 12, I'd be tempted to go either way on that one. So maybe maybe over 12 and again. That, you'd like to think they're they're more capable of throwing the football inside the, the yes, red zone. Yes, but I love the fact that the quarterback takes the ball and runs it in for a touchdown all the time in the red zone because you can't throw an interception when you run the ball well, in for a touchdown. It's one of the greatest arguments for Brandon Wimbush. It's one of the greatest arguments for wanting Brandon Wimbush to win the job. Yes, there's nothing better than watching a team run it in the end zone. Because Notre Dame hasn't been able to do it enough under Brian Kelly. So I, I think that would be great if he can approach that. I'm going over 55 because what's my stated line? 58%. And he's mm-hmm. a player every, every Notre Dame fan likes. Over 58% so and Notre a, Dame wins. That's a six-point-something improvement over last Just year. complete your horizontal passes. Don't bounce them to people in Miami when they're running all around and taking off. Okay, let me, okay let me ask you this question. You're saying that now. Would you have said that before Saturday? Well, I said it in January. Well, he did. He, okay, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, I said he. What about you? What about I, you, Pete? I would have. So I would go over twenty, under fifteen, over fifty-five. I would have said that if I was not there on Saturday, but now I say it with a lot more confidence. How about that? I would agree with and exactly 15 what is just you a just massive said. Number that's why we're saying under. I mean, he could do it, but it's, yeah, it's a I mean, huge number. It yeah, it, it, twenty it's rice a very had nine number. in his highest year, so people understand Boy, twenty rice is a good running. In runner. comparison, <laughs> that's really hard to believe. Yeah. Of course. You, you didn't play as many regular season games, and you didn't count the bowl game. True. So it was like two games less, right? And the running backs had 50, so that <laughs> thrust them <laughs> Yeah. SR 5452. How do you see Coach Lee putting his stamp on the defense, or what do you think he will do differently than Elko? The one thing that he'll, he'll definitely do differently, Brian Kelly said it, that they'll try to redirect routes more than Elko's defenses did, which... I've always thought it's a good thing. I mentioned the 2012 team that did it so well. It's a big reason why their defense was that good. Who, to, who was it? Brian Kelly or you that said? No, oh, Brian Kelly said they protected their safeties in 2012, yes. and that's why the safeties were so yeah. good. That was an interesting. It point means more coming from him. Don't yeah, you well, like? it, was, <laughs> it would have been a great yeah. observation either way, Tim. <laughs> but I thought that was an interesting observation. I hadn't thought about. I mean, when you think about it, Notre Dame gave up nine passing TDs in the regular season. I like to say the regular season in 2012. In the whole regular yeah. season of 2012, they gave up nine. You don't want to mention TDs. that. Well, they only gave up one. The first rushing touchdown was in Norman. Yeah. That's in like mid October, and it took ridiculous. them like nine tries. All right, so how how else do you think the guys will be different? The, the um, defense will be different under Clark is, Lee. I haven't been able to write about this because I, I just want to get more info. But I talked to I think Nick Watkins and Sean Crawford about it, just about how the corners and safeties um, are playing a little bit more sort of not combination coverages, but meeting together and sort of understanding what one another is doing. And Watkins suggested that. Lee is more likely to um, kind of like leave the corners on an island a little bit than what Elko did, where it was a lot of four deep zone and just like keep the big plays down. Um, but that may had I think that, the but safeties I, had something yeah. to do with that. So that's like, is that a change in what they're calling, or is that a change in what they're calling because the safeties are better? I'm not really sure. Yeah. But I think that that will be a difference that we're talking about in the fall. The safeties are we we should. Put this out there. The safeties are going to be better because they were terrible last year, and, right. and if they're, then I think they'll be at least fine, right? They'll be they'll be better than they were last year. They okay. have new blood and All new right, blood. Tell me and the, more players. Tell me the safeties this year that that will be better this year than they were last year. Gilman. Okay, I agree. Uh, as a reserve, Nick Coleman as a reserve player. You know what I'm saying? He's not a twelve start, twelve All game right. starter that and has to make every do play. You see Elliott and Stud still being better. I 
I see Elliott being a better football player than he was last year. I don't know where Studstill's going to fit on next year's team. I see team. Houston Griffith playing. And I see Houston Griffith being a much better young talent than they had. And you have Derek Allen coming in. Yeah, I mean, I think... Houston you, Griffith could have won the swap, title last year. Swap Houston Griffith in for Devin Sudsill. Like, right. that, that's an upgrade. Jalen Elliott is like... To me, that's the big wild card. Like, he needs to be a lot better. The way the coaches talk about him during spring makes me think that he is. I think but so I haven't too. I haven't seen a ton... But I but I haven't seen the glaring like ugh. He hasn't either. looked bad since that first practice where we were watching Mac just toy with everybody. Yeah. And and that's uh, that's another one. I have the indelible You have L S U on your I mind. I have L S U on my mind. Yeah. yeah I yeah. No, it's, he it's was fair. But like, it he is was totally whi- fair. He was whiffing but we can't they, they can't have a quarterback if we have L S U on our minds either. Yeah. You know, like that's it's totally fair. You feel it. He was whiffing on tackles. Yeah. But they had the worst looking quarterback play in the world against LSU. We don't think that'll come out either. I, it's weird because like, I, I sort of can't get past the Stanford game when I think about the defensive back play because they got picked apart by a redshirt freshman quarterback. Or the quarterback play. Yeah, <laughs> or the quarterback or the play. Quarterback. But I just, like, some ball skills at all uh, from the safety position is what they need. I, I think that they will they will get it. Yeah, Griffith, Allen, Gilman. Don't you... I mean, you're lower. I mean, none of us are super high on Jalen Elliott, like some other places are. But you're you're very low on him. Do you think he'll be better, like a functional yeah, safety? Yeah, but it co- it comes back to me saying what I always say. I, I need to see it. Oh, of and course. I, and I, I, we need to see Derek Allen at this level. I mean, we're, I don't know that I've seen it in the spring, but I don't know that that's fair for me to even say based upon how much we've seen in the situations that they've been in. Does everyone feel like that stills the odd man out in the collection of safeties we just said? I thought for sure when spring started, I do feel like he's gotten quite a bit better. So now I don't know. That's just yeah, and I mean, <laughs> different safety coach, you, you just never know. But, I, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I With Ellie and Studstall, I just don't know. I need to, I, right. I need to see it. I need to see it. In summary, Tim doesn't know. Did I say it enough? Yeah. Should I say it again? Yeah. How do you feel about those guys? Yeah. Matty Hebs 14. Is Tillery looking like he is taking well from his switch from the nose to the other DT spot? And do you guys expect a big season from him? I do. I think he looks like a guy who would start at basically every place other than Alabama and Clemson. That's Notre Dame doesn't have a lot of those guys on the defensive line. I mean, he's, he's physically really, really impressive. Uh, he's sort of in a contract year now, and he's going to be taking basically a saxophone class in the fall. So I would expect his senior season to be a lot like Sheldon Day's, maybe even better, where for the first... Where Sheldon Day took one class. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For the first time, he's able to be a football player first and almost only, uh, where he's been doing a million things in the past. I I was always surprised... That he played nose, and I understand. Like last year, Bono was unproven. They didn't even have Daniel Cage. Remember, they and knew they he was gone. Right, and they didn't know Daniel Cage. So yeah, I mean, I get that, but clearly, clearly, three technique is a better position for him with his length. Uh, it gives him a little bit more of an opportunity to be maneuverable inside there. Uh, and I, I like the comment Pete about a contract year. If he, if, if. Playing professional football is important to him. He's got a great opportunity staring him in the face. I, I'm a lot more convinced that playing professional football is important to him today than yes. we were last year or the year before, you know, our freshman mm-hmm. year. Uh, but it's a great opportunity. It's definitely his best position to make an impact. Mike Elston said, 
he thinks Jerry Tillery's a good pass rusher. You just can't be a good pass rusher when you're head up on, oh, exactly. on the He's nose at, the entire time. No one, no one's a good pass right. rusher from that spot. Right, look, Tillery is graduating a full year early because he early, early in yeah. in summer. Sheldon Day did the same thing. They go take a class. Terry Tillery's line to us was, I'm going to learn to play the saxophone and I'm going to become the best defensive lineman in the country. Those are his two goals for Those the year. Those are his two goals yeah. for the year. It's a nice goal when you graduate early from Notre Dame. And I know people are right now listening to this thing. Can't believe he's only taking one class. I thought, yeah, dude. He graduated in three years. Yeah. He <laughs> can do while nothing playing, while next playing year football. while playing football. He could just not attend anything next year and it's okay. As Zeke Mata said his senior year when he didn't graduate, well, I'm a lot better this year because that's all I have to do is concentrate on football. <laughs> so if these guys work... They shouldn't have to take any of these. My, how things have changed at the University of Notre Don't you agree, though? They have to. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing okay, with they, it, they, but I'm just I'm just saying that, as you know, in my early years covering Notre Dame football, I mean, they, they wouldn't, even if it were true, they wouldn't allow them to make comments right. like that. And it wasn't true because they still had to take yeah. full course load. Drew Tranquil, mechanical engineering, is going to take a little bit of a break. So. Well, God bless <laughs> him. For him. God bless him. He's earned it. All right, we got some Twitter questions. This was one that I think we got three times over, uh, so I'm going to go with Greg Flaming here. And he wants to know, what do you think about Avery Davis and his spring performance? Is this just sort of a uh, spring fling, as he says? And then he apologizes for using the term spring fling. I saw that, I saw that actually. That's good. Um, you know, I, I think we've said a couple times that, you know, prior to Saturday, we might have thought so, even though Chip Wong, Chip Wong certainly singled him out last Thursday. And then we proceed to see him do some things in practice where, like, oh, okay, he could be dangerous. Dangerous in the slot, dangerous jet sweep guy. Love the dangerous team. return potential. Uh, yeah, I love that aspect of LSU's offense when, when Notre Dame is preparing to play him. I think it's anytime you can widen the field and make them defend the entire width of the field, it's a good thing. Uh, I think he's the real deal. We need to see it in a game, obviously, but based upon what we saw on Saturday, he's the real deal. I should clarify, I like jet sweeps as long as they're not too Chris Brown at the goal line for his first career carry against Northwestern. But Avery Davis, <laughs> all-time bad play. Man, Avery da- I-, I was calling it the Avery Davis thing. Is this thing, what is this? Everyone just tells you, you know what, I think this is real. He, he's not going to be Notre the best offensive player next year, but Avery Davis is a going to be a three- or four-year offensive player for Notre Dame, and it will not be a quarterback. He's no, a, he did. He's a good football player with the ball in his hands. He did have a couple late drops, like within four snaps of each other the other day. So he, you know, he's yeah. probably not a real totally accomplished. That's why I like receiver. the jet sweep and the return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For now, I mean, it's a work in progress. He's not going to go out there and just kill people, but he's another weapon they're going to have over the next three years. And he was not a weapon when he was never going to play quarterback in Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, I'll buy it. I think that somebody on our message board was talking about, oh, it sounds like he's going to be a real superstar. I'm not buying that. No, but he's I'm a buying, contributor. I'm buying, buying five touches a game. Yeah, I, think, I think that's be, reasonable. That might be, be a lot. That'd be a lot. It'd be great, um, though. So, but, but if he is able to sort of kind of force the defense to think about how you're defending Notre Dame a little bit differently, I mean, another thing Chip Long mentioned last week was we're not going to get – caught in a position where we have to scrap a personnel package, the two-back set, due to injuries this year. Like, we have enough guys to throw out there. And think about, like, what Notre Dame's offense looked like when it was Tony Jones and Josh Adams as your two-backs. Now think about what it would look like if it was Dexter Williams and Avery Davis. That's pretty interesting to yeah. me. Um, it's a completely different approach, but uh, that, that's a lot of speed on the field. I think Avery Davis has gone from a guy who was a quarterback trying to pretend to be a running back to a guy who's just a running back slash wide receiver. It's a no-lose position change 
not to rip on him, he was never going to play quarterback in Notre Dame. The guy coming in this year is better than him, and the guys there right now are better than him at quarterback. But he is a better athlete than all of them. Well, he's a better athlete than most of them. He is, yeah. I mean, he's he's real, it's real suddenness, real quickness. And that's why I just, I'm intrigued to see if they even audition him. I'm sure they'll audition him. At kick returner, if they wonder if he could help them there. He's, he'll be good someday, and he wouldn't, he was not going to be at Notre Dame in three years if he was a quarterback. In the scenario you just painted, Pete, I mean, Jafar Armstrong could be a guy sure. that could fit into in that there. situation, too. That's a great point, because we, we didn't get to see him really since the beginning of the spring. He's been banged up. That wasn't like publicly a, a major deal because. He's, he's not one of the top players on the team, no. but they they kind of said even long he, said we didn't a, really get to see. He's a run receiving, yeah, you know, dual threat. Mm-hmm. Baron Brown wants to know what is your level of concern about the strong side defensive end position post Jay Hayes? For me, significant. It was one of the first things that I think when somebody said that I was being negative again. But when Jay Hayes left, I mean, it's now you know Khalid, Khalid Kareem. Uh, Brian Kelly expresses concern about him going from 20 snaps to 60 snaps. Uh, DJ is, I mean, we, you know, I mean, he looks really good. He looks like a, an up and coming player, but we have we have no idea what he can do against a run or how many snaps he can play. So that's a three snap to 30 snap. Yeah, time. I mean, it could be anywhere in there. And then um, then um, uh, Jameer Jones is the third strong side defensive end. That's why I think. Uh, I know Justin Adamalola's uh, position has always been strong side defensive end, but Jason's the better player. Am I mixing them up? I'm not nope, mixing them up. you're right. Jason's the better player, and he's looked at as a three technique, but there's also some talk, I think it might have been on signing day, that maybe he could be a strong side defensive end. So, I don't know, maybe both Adamalolas will start out there. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I think if you if you add Jason Adamalola to the strong side end mix and look at Jameer Jones and say like he can be a functional snap guy who takes snaps, then I think they would be okay. But th- those are those are a couple of big ifs that I think Notre Dame would probably rather not have asked because Jay Hayes could have rendered that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean it was it's that's not a not that Jay, again I've said not that Jay Hayes is a playmaker, but yeah. he's a barrier. Mm-hmm. He you know, and he's going to Oklahoma, so there must be some Something there that they like, although, as you guys point out, Oklahoma's pretty bad defensively last year. Uh, we got a question from Scott Gronick, and he wants to know, what do we think of Colin Grunhardt's spring, not somebody that we've talked about on previous podcasts? Well, we know he can handle Darnell Ewell, yeah. so that's a that's a backhanded plus, yeah. I, I, I guess, at this stage. But, uh, you know, he's a little undersized. I mean, I, I, I covered uh, his dad when he played at Notre Dame, and he was as tough as they come. Um, a lot bigger, a lot, a lot bigger in stature than, sure. than Colin is. Uh, but we also talked about off the air that if you can be undersized a little bit at any position, it's center. So, I mean, I think he's tough. I, I would imagine that he's as tough as nails as Tim Grunhardt's son. Um, and we know that he's handled a pretty highly touted uh, nose nose guard that, it certainly is that bigger hasn't than him. panned out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got yeah. leverage on him. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, whether Darnell U was a four yeah. star or two star, he's still bigger than Colin Grunhardt, and Colin Grunhardt's done a pretty good job. If he keeps adding weight, well, Trevor Rulon's your starting center next year by default. Healthy Trevor Rulon. Mm-hmm. And then incoming freshman Luke Jones is probably going to be a center. So let's put it this way: incoming freshman Luke Jones cannot start for the rain next year if Trevor Rulon gets hurt. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So that's now, why copyright is an important. Uh, guy. Now, yeah, okay. Who? That's the thing. Who's the moving guy right now? Who's the guy they would move? Because Alex Bars was a guy a long time ago. He'll be gone. Yeah, and he'll be gone. Um, um, maybe. Uh, maybe Hainsey, right? But, yeah, I've always felt like that was yeah, a possibility. That Hainsey could be it. Maybe it's, it. It maybe drifts away farther and farther away as he keeps being a starting tackle. But I think Colin Grunhard will play football for Notre Dame in a backup role in his later years. Uh, Dylan, like I he'll mean, get on the field as opposed to a just Mark, being a Mark Harrell career. Right. I think, um, yeah, I think Dylan, he's going to keep ascending as a player, and he'll he may have to be used at some point. Yeah, I would agree, and I apologize for always having to speak. Uh, Dylan Gibbons is a guy that, uh, you know, Especially I mean, I, I actually, yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought actually, <laughs> it's a really bad habit of mine. I thought Dylan Gibbons actually might start out at center, but that right there that tells you something about. How they feel about Colin Grunhard that they would they would put him in mm-hmm. in that position. So um, and we don't know how badly Gibbons was injured the other day. I don't think it was serious. No, he walked off. Okay, I yeah. Speaking um, of walking off, so we thought Matt Bauer's year was over, <laughs> sitting up in the balcony when he did the hideous somersault. Drew Tranquil runs over. Great captain. I thought first I heard... guy over there to pray for him. Brian Kelly's talking to him and trying to cheer him up. Comes off the field and five minutes later he puts his helmet on. <laughs> Goes back in. Goes back in the scrimmage. Toughness, not an issue. I told you, I like it. There's, a lot, so. there's a lot to like about him, and I didn't. You know, I I did not expect I was going to be saying Bo Bauer's way ahead of where Jack Lamb is, but no, physically, no, that's a surprise to me. Physically, absolutely. We're sitting there with a Notre Dame official <laughs> having the binoculars, like, what, what's his face look like? Does he look okay? I go. Well, he just jumped off the training table, so I guess he's all right. It looked terrible. Looked it, I could have sworn I heard a snap. I was I. <laughs> I, I looked down and I thought I heard a like a snapping sound. It it obviously yeah. wasn't that, but it'd be really tough if that was. Yeah. Uh, a another O'Malley special question from Josh Jones. He wants to know through twelve games, just the regular season, over under on Notre Dame's leading rusher at one thousand forty nine yards, and over under on Notre Dame's leading receiver at seven hundred and one yards. Under for running. Yeah, I think that's split too, split up too much. Uh, I'm going to go under for receiving because there, I don't think <coughs> Claypool will quite get to that in terms of, wait a minute, you know? Yeah, I'll go under on receiving. Uh, so St. Brown with Deshaun Kaiser's in the 900s, right? I don't think there's a 900, 800, 900 yard receiver on this team. You could get to 800, but I think it'll be more of a kind of like, uh, I forget 2012 because people like it, but where someone leads a team with, 650, someone else has 575. You know, there's a couple guys involved, mm-hmm. and they don't. I don't think Miles Boykin becomes a major go to guy, and I don't think, <coughs> not sure Chase Claypool should be elevated to that spot by us yet, since it's not by the staff. What was the number for receiving? 701. So that would be 54 yards per game. I just think there's games where somebody won't have any, some of these guys. I don't yeah. think Miles Boykin's getting 50 every I, game. I would like to think that. I'd like to think that Claypool, I mean, the light's going to go completely on because we know he has that capability. Long, It might be more long-term than short-term. If you think of like 13, 14, 15, they certainly destroyed that with TJ Jones and Fuller. And 10, 11 with Floyd, they destroyed it. So I pulled up 12 real fast. And maybe were, maybe I was Tyler Eifert. It was Eifert about was, five, Eifert 500 was 685, 685 and TJ Jones was 649, 50 catches apiece. Yeah. I feel like that's the range of these guys. Yeah, and you know, if let's say Claypool emerges and let's say Mac emerges, well then that's going to they're going to split they're going to split some of those yeah, catches. Yeah, cuz Although I'm not allowed to talk about it publicly, Mac would be a lot of yards this year. You're not too. allowed to. <laughs> I, I'm self-imposed. Oh, that's right. Kind of like, sanctioned. Yeah, sanctioned myself for last year's. <laughs> for the 
just the most curious thing of all time that it couldn't get open ever and catch a pass. But so, there, there's, <laughs> I mean, there's, okay, if you can't say it, I'll go, yeah. go ahead and say it. There's absolutely no doubt if those two reach their potential. Yeah. They're fun to watch in practice, man. Yeah. Uh, you have I'm, anything yeah, to say on that, Pete? Under on the rushing for all the reasons you said. Over on the receiving because it's Chase Claypool. We have our second. Oh, we have our. We have our second. Way. We have our second bet. Yeah. It, here we, and we're talking about two guys that First are bet can't be clearly made. behind Miles Boykin, according to yeah. the coaching staff. So. All right. Last question, Brian Swint. One player, offense and defense, who you think has developed the most this offseason through spring practice. Tim. So from. Bottom of the roster, Avery Davis is the obvious one uh, from from where he was at the beginning of spring practice when I just thought it was cute that they moved him. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the, I mean, I, want, I guess I wasn't high enough on him, but I want to say Alex Bars is the lasting impression for me. From I just thought Mustafer was much better at the beginning of the spring, and now I I, I keep noticing Alex Bars. Like they kind of lied when they said they can't block Jerry Tiller because Alex Bars can block Jerry Tiller. <laughs> it's, I was watching it happen in front of me. Yeah. I think he's who said that? Who lied? Brian Kelly said oh, okay. he, we can't block him. And I think Alex. Oh, Bar- oh I think I Alex thought, Bars can block Jerry thought, Tiller. How's that? I There's thought no... he said Alex Bars can't block Jerry Tiller. No, no, no. He said we can't. We can't block Jerry Tiller. Uh, yeah, so Bars would be my guy on, on kind of the top end of the roster there on offense and defense. Okay, that's dead. Houston, Griff- Houston, yeah, yeah. Griff- Houston Griffith from. Okay. You know, just all of a sudden I noticed that guy every single solitary practice, right? Mm-hmm. He's not just an early enrollee. I just go with Houston Griffith. I mean, should we, you know, I, this is going based upon the coaches, but I mean, maybe Liam Eikenberg was, is the guy that we should say there offensively. Yeah. Although I would I would throw out Javon McKinley. That's just oh, that's a good one. One, yeah. one I've seen. Defensively, I want to stick with my guy that from the outset I thought, wow, that's a guy that needs to be on the field. And it sounds like he's going to be a starter on the field, and that's Troy Pride. Uh, I would go Bars, because I, I do think he's got a chance not to be Quentin and Nelson good, but really good, like mid-round pick, maybe th- mid-third-round type guy. Um, I think he can have that kind of senior year. And then I'll go Khalid Kareem. I mean, he's he was coming on last year in bits and pieces, but I think I've seen a lot of good stuff during spring ball. So, and... Heck, they, they really, really need it. Yeah, so, really need Bars it. and Kareem are my two guys. You know, I love the just last thought on that. Alex Bars, the the fact that he, uh, you know, he's pissed that he wasn't named a captain. Yeah. I don't know that he showed that publicly, but he was pissed that he wasn't named a captain. I think that's a good sign because I'm not sure that that would have even registered on his radar last year. Yeah, no question. All right, well, that's it for this week's Irish Illustrated Insider. We'll be back on Thursday to talk a little bit about expectations for the Blue Bowl game, maybe how the format goes. I think we talked to offensive coaches yes. and of maybe we should get a couple Jeff, coordinators. We should get Jeff Quinn, Clark yeah. Lee this week, maybe a couple other people. Yeah, so a few more coaches, uh, no more practice access. But we'll be back Thursday for our final podcast before the Blue Bowl game, previewing Saturday's festivities in Notre Dame Stadium. So until then, Pete Sampson, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, thanks for listening.